For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good afternoon and welcome to Picks and Parlays here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, as always. You can find me on Twitter at Chelsea Messenger. That's my name. It's my handle on Twitter. Uh, drop me a comment. Drop me a line. Also, join the chat on Facebook. We love to hear your comments and your insights and your analysis. And if you want to prove us wrong, uh, look us up on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube. If you just search Picks and Parlays, we're very easy to find. I feel like that's easier than giving out some kind of web address because that's how I remember it. Uh, we're usually the first thing that pops up. Uh, easy to find, and we love your comments and your input. We might even show your comment on the show if you're watching on YouTube. We've got a great show today. Football is right around the corner. The Hall of Fame game is coming up, so we are talking NFL today. We've got MVP odds. We've got NFL win totals and plus our daily baseball picks because if you want to win money now, baseball's the way to do it. Uh, first up in the race for NFL MVP, Patrick Mahomes looking to go back-to-back -back for the first time of anyone since Peyton Manning did it uh, back in 2008 and 2009. And Pat Mahomes is the favorite this year and for good reason. 50 touchdowns last season and over 5,000 yards of passing. So yeah, those numbers, pretty darn good. Uh, he is the favorite at 6-1, to one, but not a great value. So we're also going to look at some of the dark horse contenders, plus a few factors that you really need to consider uh, when betting on the NFL MVP. Plus, NFL win totals. We're heading to the NF NFC North for the Vikings and the Lions, Minnesota. A bit of a disappointment last season after finishing 8-7-1. and one. But you know what? The year before, they were 13-3, and three, so there's still some potential there for Minnesota. Will they do better this year? That's what we're going to talk about. Plus, speaking of bounce-back seasons, the Detroit Lions last season 6-10 and 10, and finished last in their division for the first time since 2012. Matt Patricia is entering his second season as head coach there. Can he win a little more ballgames this year? Plus, our daily baseball picks. We've got plenty to get to on picks and parlays. Stay with us after the break. We're talking MVP odds. Mike's hot. And welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter at Chelsea Messenger is my handle. And also check us out on Facebook. We've got a nice little chat going on uh, on our Facebook page. If you want to join in, drop a comment, we might put it on the show. Uh, if you search Picks and Parlays, we should be the first thing that pops up. So easy to find, easy to comment, easy to like, easy to share. Uh, let's get to NFL MVP odds. We've got Craig Trapp on with us today. Hello, Craig, and tell us about, uh, we've got a nice little promo going on right now. Tell us about it. 
Yeah, Christmas in July, that every year at the last week of July, we run a different sale every day. Got up the NFL, college football, and combo packages. So just go to your favorite expert over at picksandparlays.net and take advantage of it today or tomorrow, last two days of our Christmas in July sales. All right, let's get to it. Some things to play with that promo code. Uh, right now we're talking NFL MVP odds, and Patrick Mahomes is the odds-on favorite to repeat as the MVP again this season. Uh, of course, he had 50 touchdowns last season and 5,000 yards of passing, so video game numbers uh, from him. But today we're talking about some other players, some other dark horse contenders, and also some things to consider when you're betting the NFL MVP. Uh, two things have really stood out traditionally. Will their team be good enough, and are they a quarterback? Because in the past, uh, since 2012, the MVP has played for at least a division contender. That means they played in the, the conference championship game, so the AFC or the NFC championship, since 2012. So they have to be pretty good, and are they a quarterback? Only one running back has won in the past 10 years, and that was Adrian Peterson. So those are two things to consider. Uh, Craig, looking at that, uh, initial thoughts on the MVP race. Well, just looking at the initial odds, you got Mahomes, like you said, at 6-1, to one, Andrew Luck and Carson Wentz at 8-1, to one. And then everybody else is 10 to 1, starting with Aaron Rodgers at 10 to 1, and Baker Mayfield, kind of a surprising 12 to 1 with Drew Brees. So, some interesting, obviously, all quarterbacks. You have to go all the way down to 40 to 1 to get the run, uh, first running back, and, uh, and 50 to 1 if you get a non offensive player in Aaron Donald. So, 40 to 1, uh, of course, is Saquon Barkley with the New York Giants. Um, but you have a lot of Quarter, or, uh, running backs after that into that 50 to 1, uh, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Kamara from the Saints. So a lot of uh, big numbers out there. But like you said, historically, this is a quarterback driven uh, production. So you have to win and you have to put up big, big numbers. Right. And, you know, I I'm a play against on these guys. Like you said, only Peyton Manning. Uh, we got to go back 10 plus years when you get a back to back champion. I think the Chiefs have a little setback as far as numbers are concerned and wins are concerned this year. So I'm a play against. Uh, the big favorite in Mahomes in this one. Yeah, he does return um, some big targets. Travis Kelsey continues to be yep. one of the best tight ends in the league. Tyree Kill, not suspended. Uh, so, I mean, there's reasons that he's the favorite, but you're just not going to get the value um, on him as some other guys. What are some value picks maybe you were considering? Well, like, I'm always looking for guys, you know, 15 to 20 to 1 mm -hmm. or more when I'm laying futures because anytime I have to lay my money out for – you know, four, five, six plus months before I'm going to get my bet back. Right. I just need a big, uh, big odds payoff. So to me, I think you got to look. Um, I like Matt Ryan, Philip Rivers. I could even see Jared Goff at 30 to one. But you know, my pick is going to be Matt Ryan. I think there's a lot of upside in Atlanta. They he put up big numbers last year, but the last two or three years he's put up big numbers, but not been good in the red zone. Um, you know, Cotter's back for the offensive uh, uh, coordinator switch. I think that means they'll score more. I also think Freeman being back, the threat of the run in the red zone, I think he'll be able to play action pass a little more. And, you know, they might have the best trio of receivers in the league. Oh, uh, with, sure. with, of course, Julio Jones and Ridley, um, you know, and uh, Sanu as far as their top three. Yeah, some people are thinking with Devontae Freeman that that could be a knock on Matt Ryan because the run game didn't produce nearly as much last season. And that's why Matt Ryan had good numbers. And maybe this year, if he's back, the run game will take away uh, some of his production. But like you said, you've also got to consider that the run game also takes a lot of pressure off the passing game. And it makes things open up a little bit more 
Uh, so in general, I think that's a good thing, and it probably will translate to more wins, which as we've seen traditionally, wins matter in the race for MVP. Uh, so yeah, there's some good things when it comes to Matt Ryan. Uh, Julio Jones always puts up monster numbers, and who's throwing to him? Matt Ryan. Uh, other quarterbacks you're looking at? Well, like I said, I think Phillip Rivers, I, I think the Chargers are going to be pretty good again this year. He, he, I mean, he's put up just some ridiculous numbers in, in, in years past, and he, kind of like Tom Brady, where it seems like he's getting better with age. I think a team that is, especially if, if Gordon holds out, which sounds like he might, um, I think they're going to have to throw the ball a little more. And I could see Phillip Rivers having one of those years. But to me, the yards, you know, you see, there's so many quarterbacks that throw 4,000-plus yards now. Right. I, that's not usually the issue. It's the touchdowns. You have to get those big numbers, 40 to 50 touchdowns to be in the race now. And, and like you said, and win. But if you're scoring 40 to 50 touchdowns, you're usually going to be winning. So I think Phillip Rivers and Matt Ryan both put up, you know, in those numbers, 40 to 50 touchdowns. And I could see uh, both of them at 20 to 1 being very good bets. But uh, like I said, I just think there's a slight edge with Matt Ryan because I do think um, last year Julio Jones put up ridiculous yards, really, his whole career. But he yeah. has not been great in the red zone. That, I'm sure they're working on it, and I think that will pay off this year. And, uh, and, their, and their defense isn't as good. So I think when you give up more points on defense, guess what? You're Offense has to score more, so you have more <laughs> it's opportunities. It's going to be like the Big 12. Yes. Um, speaking of that division, that's the problem. Uh, the Falcons are going to have to win that division, it seems like, for him to win MVP. And you've got the Saints there and Drew Brees, uh, who, what were the odds on him? Um, he's 12 to 1, I believe. Yes, 12 to 1 uh, for Drew Brees. Which is kind of crazy because Drew Brees traditionally puts up really good numbers. Last year, he set the NFL record for complete, completion. Uh, percentage. He usually throws for oh, several thousand yards, uh, even though last year under 500 attempts for uh, the first time since 2004, so not exactly the numbers, and I think uh, the line might reflect that. Uh, maybe he's not throwing as much. He's not rushing quite as much because, I mean, how old is he, 40? Yeah, yeah he's 40. Uh, speaking of older guys, Tom Brady is the same odds as Baker Mayfield. I know Baker has more targets. But still, this looks like a slap in the face to me. I mean, Baker hasn't proven that much. And Tom Brady, for some reason, he can do it year in and year out. He finds a way to win. He makes the most of those bargain bin receivers. And this year, he'll really have to do it since Gronk's not there. Um, but what are your thoughts on Tom Brady possibly winning it? Well, actually, if you these, this is one of those things. You have to shop your prices when it comes to future odds because – where I'm looking at it, actually Brady's 18 to one, and Baker is 12 to one. I've seen that they're both 12 to one in some places. So oh, gotcha. this is one of the things you need to shop around. As far as Tom Brady, the question really there is going to be opportunities because I think they're going to want to um, run the ball. They have maybe the best running back trio in football, so I think they're going to run the ball, protect that defense like they did late in the season, and that might lead to less opportunities. And then in the red zone. You don't have Gronk, and that is a huge right. factor. Like I said, yards, everybody gets a yards in the NFL now. In fact, most defensive coordinators don't really pay attention to yards a whole lot. It's more um, what you do in the red zone, because if you can hold people out of the red zone, that's how you win games in the NFL now. I think Tom Brady, um, at this point of his career with this team, 
probably a play against on the futures because one, risk of injuries is really high at, after, at his age. And Even two, though he doesn't eat strawberries. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> he has so a I'm about a guy diet. that. I mean, the guy is in great shape for this point of his career, but it's just, you know, eventually injuries happen. And right. I, think, I think they're going to run the ball more. Yeah. And plus, uh, Tom Brady, his uh, quarterback rating last year was 97.7, which Kirk, Kirk Cousins actually had a, a better rating than him. So I think um, sometimes his numbers don't line up, but people just see him in the postseason, and obviously he's good when it counts. Like, there's very few quarterbacks I would rather have in the two-minute drill besides Brady and Rodgers. And quickly, we've got to go over Aaron Rodgers uh, because, I mean, he's been good every single year when it comes to, uh, to stats. I think in the past nine seasons, he's been a top-two fantasy quarterback. Uh, in all, you know, he's been seven of nine seasons top two fantasy quarterback, so we've got to consider him. Well, he's a play against for me because he's probably not going to get uh, more than nine wins, and I just don't think that's good enough to be in that top okay. echelon. Yeah, so uh, who are we taking, Matt Ryan? Matt Ryan, 20-1, to 1 is the play for NFL MVP for this season. Okay, so we're taking Matt Ryan and not some of the favorites. When we get back, uh, we're doing NFL win totals with the Vikings and the Lions. We're back on Picks and Parlays Radio after the break. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter. At Chelsea Messenger is my handle. And give us a shout on Facebook. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're pretty easy to find on Facebook, on Twitter, and on YouTube. We appreciate your feedback and your comments. We might even mention you here on the show. Let's get to some NFL win totals with Dana Lane. Dana, let's start in Minnesota. The Vikings were 8-7-1 last season, a bit of a disappointment after going 13-3 the season before. Can they look better this season? Well, I think so. I think early, their schedule early on is really going to dictate where they're going to be at the end of the year. I mean, you look at their schedule early, early on, they got winnable games against Oakland. You don't know what you're going to get with Atlanta, but it's certainly Atlanta's not going to be a tough out. So if they can get through the first part of their season, and you, you're an overbetter on, on the Vikings, and then you're looking good. But, you know, they were just 1-4-1 one, one going back to last year, just 1-4-1 one, one in games that they were an underdog in. they got to start winning those games that people don't think that they're going to win or they're not suspected to win. That was a big issue for them last year. I don't think the tie did them any favors. Uh, of course, the key win was against Philadelphia, but then they dropped that game against the Buffalo Bills. So it was kind of a mixed bag last year. And, of course, uh, I think there was unrest on the coaching staff as well. Uh, they wanted to run the ball a little bit more. Uh, they, at the end of the year, they just kind of refused to run the ball. And, of course, there was injuries was a, was a big part of that. But Yeah, Dalvin uh, Cook. I think a lot of people yeah. are hoping he has a much better year this season because, like you said, if they want to run the football, Dalvin Cook is their number one back, and he's got to produce. Uh, there's, not only has to produce, he's got to stay healthy. I mean, this was a Viking team a year ago that people thought – you know, we're, we're a serious Super Bowl contender, and why not? Uh, the year before, they uh, basically they lost to the eventual Super Bowl champions in the, the Philadelphia Eagles. I just think, you know, did they do enough to upgrade that offensive line? 
Are they going to be able to protect Kirk Cousins? You know, another guy that I think, you know, I, I, to me, it's still the jury's still out on whether or not this guy is going to be able to carry carry your team when, you know, there's injuries all around him. I still have a lot of question marks about Cousins. I know, you know, people are, uh, you know, we're enamored what he did in his last, uh, last year in Washington. But um, it does appear, at least the first week of camp, that they are going to do a few different things. They're going to incorporate the, the fullback a lot more. Um, Kevin Stefanski was promoted to an offensive coordinator. Uh, and, of course, you know, John uh, DiFilippo was, was fired last year after that uh, game against Seattle, in which they lost 21-7, to which, by the way, Mike Zimmer, if, if he could ever beat Seattle, would you know, have a, a fantastic career record. I mean, he would be over 60% of win percentage, but he lost three straight games to Seattle. They have to go back to Seattle this year. Uh, Gary Kubiak also moved in. He's an assist, going to be an assistant coach. He also is going to be an offensive advisor as well. So you have a lot of, lot of moving parts on that coaching staff, with all, which always gives me room for pause. And Chelsea, when you talk about, you know, perhaps betting preseason games, maybe that's, you know, one of those intangibles that you you go against them early on in Minnesota until they can get things uh, everybody on the same page so something to look for look for as well but uh, two years ago why did they have success well because they ran the ball they were third in the National Football League in, in attempts last year they were 27th in the league in attempts and I truly believe in order for them like most teams in order for them to find success they must not only run the ball but run but rely on the run to obviously give Kirk Cousins uh, give give Kirk Cousins a chance to have a balanced offense. Yeah, and it seems like that all stems from the offensive line which was ranked 29th in the league last season, which is not great. Uh, they had the second most uh, quarterback pressures last season, also not great for Kirk Cousins who's trying to prove that he's worth that contract. Uh, but they have added some things to the O-line. Their first-round pick, uh, Garrett Bradbury out of NC State, was He's the Remington, by the way. Remington Trophy winner, which means he was the best center in all of, all of college football. So, I mean, should he make an impact in year one? We oh, hope so. Absolutely. I mean, he's a kid that a lot of people that I talked to said he is the steal of the draft. And not a lot of centers are, are going as high as he is. And I think he is going to be... Uh, absolutely fantastic as an anchor of that offensive line. And so when you talk about upgrades, are they better than last year? Absolutely. And, and certainly I think it starts with him. But Chelsea, I mean, you look at this schedule, they start off in September uh, with, again with the Packers, the Bears, then you're, um, then you're playing the Raiders and the Falcons. If you tell me that they're going to come out of this 3-1, and one, I can see that. It, September really is going to be a reflection of whether or not uh, you win or lose their their season total, your season total bet. But the end of the season is an absolute gauntlet because they go to Kansas City, they go to Dallas this in November. Three division opponents end the season and and including uh, that trip to Seattle. So November and December are going to be key. And to me, just too many moving parts, too many question marks. And you're asking this team to win ten games this year. It's not something really I want to get behind. And the number, I think, incidentally, I think is absolutely accurate. I can see nine and seven. I think ten's a little bit too much, uh, but I'm gonna, I'll go on the under uh, just to be safe. But so I, the line is ten. Uh, the line is nine. Oh, nine. Nine, but you gotta, you gotta go ten wins to win your bet. Oh, okay. So is it nine and a half? No, it's nine. Oh, okay. Oh, I guess. Sorry. The, 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 <laughs> the, num the number's nine. you got to win 10 to win your bet. 
<laughs> so I don't know why I was thinking in house games. Uh, but yeah, I know people like to knock uh, Kirk Cousins, but there is reason for um, for hope that he can do better. Last year, his passer rating was better than Tom Brady, uh, and that's with a, a horrible O-line. So if that O-line is a little better in his run game, I mean, when the run game's better, it takes pressure off the quarterback. There's reason for optimism, and the year before they were good. So uh, I can like, see why the, the over-under is where it is. Uh, but again, it's their success to me is predicated uh, on the running game, and Cook, Cook stays healthy. I mean, obviously he he finished off the year. You know, he was you know healthy at the end of the year. Uh, at least he played. Um, if they can get production out of him, because there's not a lot of running back depth there, if they get production out of him and get say you know eleven twelve hundred yard year out of him, I think the Vikings will be right around that ten win mark. I just still have a lot of questions, and I, and again we have a brand new coaching staff. I got to see that in play first and see, you know, just because you have a new coaching staff doesn't mean everybody's going to be in place. doesn't mean that their system is going to be effective. Right. Uh, it still takes time to install it and for the players to learn it. Yeah. So, it, again, when we're talking about season totals, right now from where I sit today, it's hard for me to say, okay, this is going to be a 10-win team because there's too many question marks that I don't have the answer to yet. Yeah, and they play in a tough division, the NFC North. No joke. And they're scheduled. It's exactly right. I mean, uh, at the end of the year, when we just went over the schedule, I right. mean, that is a gauntlet. I mean, if Dallas is, you know, halfway decent, you go to Kansas City and to Dallas, and then you got division games and a trip to Seattle where Zimmer never has a uh, – just seems to always be ineffective against Seattle. I mean, that's really difficult at the end. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. Staying in the NFC North, let's go to Detroit, where the Lions were 6-10 last season, and it was their first losing season since 2015 and last in the division <laughs> for the first time since 2012. Can Matt Patricia be better in year two? Yeah, Chelsea, I mean, I like anything else, I always think, you know, the old adage of you're better from week one to week two, you know, you, you do your most, uh, you're improving uh, the most during the season from week one to week, week two. And I think it's the same thing for coaching coaches as well. I think that you go from week one to uh, year one to year two, and I think you're going to see an improvement. I think he's going to sit back and say, okay, this is what worked and what didn't work. And, of course, last year a lot of the players didn't love how we ran camp. They said, you know, it's a little bit too difficult, a little bit more too physical. And, and in fact, some of them actually blame that opening uh, week loss to the Jets on on their the way their training camp was run. So we'll see if that holds true. But this is still a team. Don't forget that beat the New England Patriots in Week Three. This was not a a week Week 16 win when everybody was sitting for the Patriots. This was a Week Three win for the Detroit Lions. They also uh, to end the last time we saw the Lions, of course, went into Lambeau Field and you know handed them a 31 nothing pasting. And yes, I realize. Uh, that uh, Aaron Rodgers got hurt in the third series of that of that game with that concussion, and then Kaiser came in, but none of that had anything to do with them giving up 31 points. So that's the last taste in our mouth of the Detroit Lions. But uh, you can't come out of you can't come out of the shoot like you did last year against the Jets, uh, a game they absolutely should have won, and that kind of I, I think that was a shock. But I just think the culture of this team is going to is starting to change. If you watch these yeah. press conferences, if you watch the way you know, the body language, I'm a big body language guy. I think Detroit <laughs> is going to to bounce back and have a good year. And on top of that, Chelsea, ten of their games last year, whether they won or lost, 
10 of their games, they were within one score of their opponent. So they're, they're really close last year to being a 500 team, and I think the difference is going to be a coaching staff that has a year under their belt. Yeah, and Matt Stafford played part of the season with a broken back, and he still put up pretty good numbers. Yeah, not only that, what he's dealing with with his wife as well. Right, yeah, his wife uh, had a brain tumor, so hopefully she's recovering from that and we are keeping her in her thoughts. Uh, yeah, but um, what is the line and what are you taking for the line? Uh, I'm going to go over uh, the line six and a half. You are going to have to lay a little juice with that as mine's $1.45, $1.40 of what I looked at, but I think six and a half over that. Uh, certainly a seven and nine season is attainable. I love Dar Darius Slay and Damon Harris and how they came into camp and said, look, we, we understand we want new contracts and new deals, but we still want to be part of what's going on here. I like the Lions to have a good year this year. Yeah, both of those guys are still two years out from their contract. I don't know if that's a new thing that's starting, but uh, we'll see if Ezekiel Elliott can break the mold on that one. But yeah, there's reasons to, to like the Lions, but there's also a lot of question marks. And like you said, consistency was a problem for them last year. They showed flashes where they beat the Patriots, but I mean, they still finished six and 10, so. Still a team that can't find a run again. All right, those are our picks for the NFC North. We are back after the break with some baseball here on Picks and Parlays. <laughs> Welcome back here on Picks and Parlays here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host every day. My name is Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter. And we like to see your, fa your Facebook feedback. If you search Picks and Parlays, we are very easy to find on every social media platform. Give us a shout. Right now, let's get to some baseball picks. We've got Sean Higgs joining the program. Uh, Sean, let's start off with the Diamondbacks and the Yankees. The Yankees, of course, one of the best teams in baseball. And the Diamondbacks uh, now looking to be sellers, probably at the trade deadline. It's Taylor Clark going for the Diamondbacks against J.A. Happ. Uh, initial thoughts on this game? Well, yeah, definitely. I think the D-backs will be sellers and won't be shocked. Just maybe see uh, Robbie Ray change dugouts over the next couple days. But this game here, I'm, I'm actually liking the under here. I got 11 and a half and Yanks, yes. You know, my backyard, I know they hit the ball well, <laughs> nine straight overs. But uh, listen, I think we're getting some value here. 11 and a half, half at home last seven, 11, 12, 10, nine and a half, three games, and a nine. And he's six and one to the under those games. Shockingly, with a ERA approaching six at home. But um, I'm, I'm liking the under, regardless of the half overlooking numbers, I think we're getting value here. And uh, with the day off, I don't know. I think the Arizona trade trade rumors in our heads, I'm liking the under the 11 and a half. Yeah, and something else to consider, Taylor Clark is coming off the paternity list, uh, which you can look at it one of two ways. You can look at, oh, he's he's motivated. He's got a new lease on life. Uh, his perspective is a little bigger than baseball, and he's not uh, quite as intimidated by the Yankees. But also, you've got to consider that's probably two days that he hasn't picked up a baseball. So that could be a bit of a factor as well. But Clark was a prospect for the Diamondbacks. Uh, he's one of their um, uh, top pitchers in AAA before they called him up. So he definitely has the stuff, but the Yankees lineup is definitely tough. And also, something else to consider. The Yankees are coming off two very emotional series. Of course, the Red Sox, you don't really have to explain that one. That, that's a rivalry. Uh, and then before yeah. that, it was the Twins, and all of those games seemed to go down to the wire. 
So will there be an emotional hangover? That's something else to consider. Uh, what are some other things that you're thinking about when betting this game? Well, what, especially the, the Yankee-Red Sox series, it's rare that actually after a Sunday night game, the teams not play. Because a lot of times that Sunday night game, they're playing the next day on Monday. Here they get both teams had the, had the day off. Mm-hmm. Normally I love to fade the Yankees off the Red Sox because that's such an emotional game, especially when they're getting hammered going right. into the, the, the finale. So if this game was yesterday, I would be all over Arizona getting 2-1 to one here. Because the Yanks, like you just said, that Minnesota series was insane. Just the bullpens right. all over the place, crazy hitting. Uh, but in this spot, you get a day to kind of – Yanks, they're the Yankees. They're playoff World Series or bus kind of team. So they're center ways. Like you said, this guy's coming off a paternity lead. He's got a little baby at home. I mean, I, I'm not expecting a, a no-hitter from the guy. He's going to give up five runs. Yanks going to win this one 8-2. Eight, eight Oh, Boom! Robbie Ray gets traded. traded. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's yeah. Robbie Ray will be in the Yankees by Thursday or Wednesday afternoon trade deadline. Yeah, and the Diamondbacks are not a team that have been very good as of late. Uh, they're coming off an 11-6 loss to the Marlins, one of the worst teams in baseball. And oh yeah, before that, two of three lost to Baltimore, another terrible team. Uh, that somehow managed to get the Diamondbacks number and they weren't necessarily a seller uh, a month ago but now it's it's definitely looking like it so the momentum is not in the Diamondbacks favor however uh, so you're taking the the under so you might like the pitching matchup Uh, we talked about Clark but what about Hap Uh, he has not gone uh, five or five and a third or more in his last three uh, three and a third, six earned runs, five innings, two runs, five and a third, two runs. So those past two are pretty decent. But um, thoughts his, on his the pitching matchup? Games, I was going to say, his last seven games is the RA 682. I mean, a, a 173. Up. The guy's getting hit left and right. But yet the totals at home, they don't reflect that. I mean, he's gone under in six or seven. So listen, he's going to give a five and five. And then you expect the Yankee bullpen to come in and shut things down. Although we didn't see that. In Minnesota, we didn't see it really in uh, Boston either. But uh, it, it's the numbers are there that at home, the Yanks are going to win this one. He's going to give up his five runs probably. Actually, I think less because Arizona, you just mentioned how they're supposed to not be a seller, but this team got rid of Goldie. You know, uh, AJ left them, signed with the Dodgers. If they could trade Greeky in that crazy salary, they would. But I don't know. The numbers, I, I wanted to go over, but the numbers here just tell me to go under. It's just. Well, in the over-under, what is 11 and a half? 11 and a half. I mean, I, I don't think the Yanks are scoring 10 here. I, I mean, I don't think Arizona's scoring, you know, seven. I, I just, the, the 11 yeah, and a half and looks. The, like you mentioned, the day off should give the bullpen some rest. So that's a, a positive yeah. when it comes to the under. And plus, like, we don't need these guys to throw no hitters. We just need them Absolutely. to limit it to five or six runs, you know, so. And, these, you know, D-backs coming off a Miami series, they know people are on play, whether it's an outfielder getting traded or somebody in the infield. A couple of these guys are going to be gone by tomorrow afternoon. So, you know, after that, it might be a different, you know, if this was on Friday, it'd be a different game. But today, I look at it as D-backs got other things more important going on in their heads and in their clubhouse. And I'm taking the Yanks and the, uh, not the Yanks and the under, but just the under 11 and a half here would happen. Okay, so to recap, we are taking the under in the Diamondbacks-Yankees game. Let's move on to the Pirates and the Reds. We've got Joe Musgrove on the mound for the Pirates, 7-9 with a 4-2-9 ERA going against Tanner 
uh, Roark, um, I always say that wrong, uh, so forgive me, 6-6 six and six with a 3.95 ERA. So that's a good ERA for starters in this day of the juiced baseball. Uh, initial thoughts on Pirates-Reds. You know, when I saw this line at 125, I'm like, man, that looks well. Like, they're begging me to, to take the Reds here. That's such a, the Pirates have lost nine straight. But now yeah. that it's adjusted, it's in 140 range. I feel a little better laying with the Reds at 140 than I did at, you know, 120 range. Because at that, I'm almost thinking, I got to take the Pirates based on you've lost nine straight in 13 or 15, and you're basically even money road dog. I, I didn't see it. But 140, I feel a little better. I actually like laying more here in this spot. It makes me feel better about my pick. So uh, this is more just fading the Pirate whole team. I mean, Musgrave's yeah. been all right. Mark's been the same. They're, they're interchangeable as far as I'm concerned. Although I do like the bullpen better for the Reds, which is why I, I like this game more. And the fact that nine straight, come on, they traded their opening. They, they traded their starter yesterday before the game started. Yeah, so and we saw how that worked out. out. They gave up a ton of runs. I think it was Alex McRae. It was his big league yeah, debut. Welcome the to the inning. big leagues. <laughs> yeah, second inning, game's over. Good job. So uh, yeah, just in general. That. The Pirates haven't been a good bet just because they haven't been winning unless you're taking uh, uh, the run totals or something. Uh, but the Reds have looked better as of late. Uh, Amir Garrett is their best uh, bullpen guy. He's back. He's looking good. He, he pitched a, a scoreless inning on Sunday. And you know what? They've been hanging with good teams. They're coming off a series win over the Rockies and, uh, and also at the Brewers. So the Reds are looking better as of late. Um, and you, were, you see that in the line, but it's, it's a little bit better value than we predicted. Uh, other factors you were looking at in this game? Well, I just, you know, you're talking about them playing better. They're just a feisty bunch as a whole team. I mean, Castillo's a decent starter. Sonny Gray's not bad. Roark, they got Wood coming off the injured list. See how he does. Vado, Vado's not even hitting 270, so he's only going to get better. It'll be a hot streak where he's going to 450 one week to, to get his average up. Puig is, well, he's just Puig, but in this park, I, the lineup, you got a lot of power guys who, who could hit the ball. And um, I, I, the, I just kind of look at the situation. The Pirates are sellers. Yeah. Someone else is getting dealt in the series. The price is right. We're not getting crushed laying a huge number here. You know, it's like the Angels laying 2-9, some crazy and some bad teams. 140 versus a team that's lost 13 to 15 and 9 straight. A, a, good, a good number, not going to hurt our wallet either way. Yeah, even though Joe Musgrove is one of their better starters, I mean, he's still 7-9, and nine, so the run support just hasn't been there for him. Uh, and we're not taking yeah. a first five bet. We're taking an overall bet. For the game. Yeah, Absolutely. okay, so we're taking yeah. the Reds over the Pirates in that one. Uh, let's go on to the Houston Astros and the Cleveland Indians where it's an all-star pitching matchup. Justin Verlander and Shane Bieber, two strikeout artists, uh, Justin Verlander, 183 strikeouts and 144 innings of work, which is an insane K rate. Uh, Shane Bieber is a guy like that as well, 166 strikeouts and 133 innings of work. So there could be a lot of strikeouts in this one. Uh, a really good matchup and maybe a little hint to the postseason. Could be. And, you know, Verlander, I guess he's pulling a, a card out of like Clemens and Pettit going to Houston and just getting better with age down there. I mean, yeah, I don't know what the pitching coach is doing, but <laughs> well, hats off because that's in incredible numbers. And you know, funny, he's got terrible numbers versus the Indians in progressive, but this is a different kind of team here. And as uh, good as Bieber is, he's like the ace of this team with Kluber down. I'm liking the Astros. I'm liking the Astros. Again, we're going to look at the bullpen. You got uh, Harris, Presley, 
Osuna more than solid. Uh, Verlander's given us seven plus innings tonight because this Indians lineup they need hitters. It's a week, you know. They probably want Michael Brantley back, who's having a great year uh, across the dugout here, coming home. He's basically matched his home run and RBI totals from last year. Uh, nine guys with ten home runs on this team for Houston in the lineup. Young players. This they're just a really good team. This they're talking about these guys going out and getting another starter, Noah Syndergaard, trading their top prospect. Watch out. I'll take Houston here. Little uh, laying a small number. Give me Verlander. I, the Indians, to me, they just don't have enough offense. Show me, you know, go out and get a couple bats. But eh, Yeah. What you were speaking about on offense, the Indians, 23rd in hits, 19th in home runs, and 20th in batting average. So not good numbers for their offense, whereas Houston, 5th in hits, 5th in home runs, and 3rd in batting average. And that's a team that hasn't been really healthy. They've had a lot of their stars go down. Uh, so when they're back healthy, when they have all their stars, Correa, Springer, Altuve, you better watch out because that's a really good uh, top-to-bottom ball, uh, ball team. Uh, and plus, I mean, they're pitching. Even if they didn't get a, another starter, they'd still be really solid. But, I mean, if they, if they get another starter, I mean, that's tough cookies for the other teams in the league. Well, you know, Miley's been a, a good solid three for them, but we signed him to a four spot in a, in a playoff series, seven-game series. Come on, that guy's having a, a, a nice year because he's always been a kind of up-and-down, middle-of-the-road yeah, starter. Fringy yeah, fringy right? starter. I mean, he's not – yeah. But how about Jordan Alvarez? This, you know, 35 games, 12 homers. They're just – they've got talent galore down there. It's – you know, right. the farm system is stacked. They can go after whoever they want, and I, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will because uh, – you know, the Yankees, the Red Sox are, are going to be a formidable team just based on their bats and if they can get any pitching themselves. But in this spot, I'm taking Houston. They're a better team. Cleveland, not enough offense here. And you're going to need every every ounce of offense when you got two pitchers like this on the mound. I will say the pitching matchup for the Indians is really nice because, I mean, Bieber, like you said, is probably their ace. He strikes out a lot of guys. Uh, and their bullpen has the best staff ERA in all of baseball. So, I mean, they might be able to keep that run total down. Um, but they've got to score some runs. That's just how baseball works. And when you're going against Verlander and a, a pretty solid bullpen uh, staff for the Astros as well, that's tough too. You figure what, maybe three, you know, this game's going to be a three-one type game. Who's more likely to hit? Where's that solo home run coming in the sixth inning to break a score? I'm thinking Houston, someone's going to be a mistake pitch, and then it's one nothing, and, you know, lights out, see it. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully Shane Bieber doesn't throw the ball over the center field wall like Trevor Bauer did. Uh, yikes, I, 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 in that I, I, loss to the Royals. I saw the footage. I didn't, I didn't even know what was happening in there, and it was just bizarre. The coach came out like, what are you doing? He's like, I don't know. I'm sorry. He just left. It was just odd. I, I, what, and it's gotten, crazy. I like the Astros was... might be trading for Trevor Bauer, so that would be interesting knowing his history. Uh, with some of the That's Astros his, and his rivalry. He, he, was, channeling, he was channeling his uh, Joey Bell back in the day of beaming kids from the outfield with a ball. Yeah, all right, so we're taking the Astros over the Indians in that one. After the break, we recap all of our picks here on Picks and Parlays. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter at Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day here 
uh, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern here on Picks and Parlays Radio. We enjoy your company and your feedback. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Just search Picks and Parlays. We're very easy to find, and we appreciate your feedback. We even show some of the comments on our, on our show uh, when it comes to YouTube. So get active. Drop us a line. And if you have not been paying attention or if you're just joining us, don't worry. We've got you covered. We're going to recap all of our picks, starting with the NFL MVP odds. Craig Trapp told us that he thinks Matt Ryan is not only a great value pick at 20 to 1, but he also thinks he's going to win it. You know what? So you'll get some good value on that one. Uh, Matt Ryan also a very prolific quarterback in Atlanta. Moving on to NFL win totals. The Vikings, we think they're going under nine wins this season, which is an improvement on last season, but still not where their fans want them to be. And the Lions, we think they're over six and a half wins. We think they uh, win seven ball games this year. We think Matt Patricia is a little bit more improved this season in his second season. And then on to baseball picks with Sean Higgs, the Diamondbacks, and the Yankees. We think the under is going to be the play here. Uh, 11 and a half is the over-under there. Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. We're taking the Reds in this one at minus 125, which is a pretty good value considering the Pirates have lost nine straight. And finally, Houston at Cleveland. We are taking the Astros at minus 125 in an all-star pitching matchup. We think Verlander and the Astros offense get it done. Those were our picks for the day. As always, you can find us here on Picks and Parlays Radio, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern. We're back tomorrow with more picks and parlays. Join us tomorrow. We'll be back on Wednesday. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.